0: Welcome to the Holics podcast. I have no idea how many people are listening. It may just be one. It might just be my nephew. And if it is, it is way past your bedtime. I'm convinced of it. Um, but uh, look, we're really happy to be here. This is something we're trying out new. Um, it's the you know first time we're using StreamYard. So I'm really sorry if this feels like an incredibly unstructured episode. I mean, we, we saved this live stream for a special occasion. It's obviously the first time we've lost this season. <laughs> Yeah so um you know whoever's whoever's tuning in is in for a treat. Look you've got me Raj. I'm sure you can see me. You've got Miles and Aaron with me. Hello boys. Hello mate. Good evening. All right. Yeah. Yeah good. It feels weird. Um you know so many different things going on right now. Firstly the live stream but also reflecting on a defeat. We've not been used to that this season have we? We've been really really lucky to to be really super positive after every game and and say and and just indulge in so many good things indulge in how Saliba is going to be the greatest player in the universe and and indulge in how Gabriel Jesus has been the signing of the summer or whatever but it's probably going to be a little bit of a different vibe today in this pod right boys because ultimately um you know when you do lose it's not necessarily like it's all doom and gloom but it does it does it does warrant trying to understand why you did lose and and often that means that you know, things aren't always necessarily as rosy as they uh, as, as you thought it to be but let, let's figure out if that really is the case I mean what it's been about how long over 24 hours we played yesterday and um, obviously had we recorded on the whistle like we sometimes do I think there would have been a lot of raw emotion because there were some things that didn't really go in our favor um but um, after about a day's worth of of mulling on it boys how'd you guys feel? My, what's the uh, overriding feeling that you have right now?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, mate. I think um, I'm not. <laughs> I was going to talk about the, the some of the conversations I've had with United fans post match, which I don't know if we want to get into because I could go on a bit of a rant about it. But look, in terms of, I mean, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Maybe we can do it afterwards. I mean, in terms of Arsenal and in terms of how we played, uh, the performance we put in. How we turned up for the game, you know. I said this to you guys, and when we were messaging about it, we've seen many times in the past, recent past, where Arsenal teams have turned up to some of the, you know, the, the top four, top six teams, gone away and just capitulated. Um, and yeah, Roger made a good point. It hasn't really happened recently under Arteta, but it was really good to see. It was really refreshing to see us just come into the game or come come into the game completely on it as it were uh, and really give united a good go and overriding feeling is you know disappointing that we didn't come away with some sort of result i think we could have easily won that game on another day um but pretty proud to be honest pretty proud of a of, of the performance overall pretty proud of um a lot of the good things that we did and i and, and overall i'm it's it, it I, i'm pretty enthusiastic and positive for you know the rest of the season because like i say there's a lot to take from the game and i feel like if we carry on approaching games in that same way and playing you know putting those sorts of performances in especially in the big games um i, I can't really see i can't i see us winning more games than we lose basically and i think yeah performance wise it was very very good it was just unfortunately yeah a couple of moments that really really cost us
0: before i go Aaron and for your thoughts you know you, you said my you see us winning more games than, you know, than not effectively, you know, where's that effect? And um, do you mean that in the context of the big games? Do you see us winning more big games than before if we play in this way? Or do you 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 refer to that as a general point throughout the season?
1: Um, I was thinking about this, like, after the game uh, or this morning, actually, and I was thinking, okay, you know, obviously we've got all of the big, big rounds, big games to come. You know, Etihad, uh, Anfield, and I sort of put City away and Liverpool away in a slightly different category, but when I'm thinking about kind of what happened at White Hart Lane last season, the confidence, uh, the performance yesterday gives me a lot more confidence going into say Spurs away, whenever that is. I'm, I think that's sort of early next year, and obviously, um, you know the the kind of circumstances that might surround that game at the time, or when the when the match comes around, could be very very different. But um, yeah, when I'm thinking of sort of Stamford Bridge, um, White Hart Lane, or Tottenham, you know Tottenham away, I'm sort of thinking. That performance should give them a lot more confidence, and I and I and I think it's about time Arsenal really do. Yeah, Arsenal really should be. You know, when you you know when you see that table, like the top six table, head to head table, and you see Arsenal normally down the bottom or or not doing that great. I think last season we were okay because our home performances were a little bit better, or home results were a little bit better, and obviously we beat Chelsea and stuff. But I think generally we've never really been. I can't remember the last time we were sort of at the top of that table. So I'm I'm very much hopeful that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I say, confidence that we should take from the performance of that game should should uh, put us in good stead for the big ones coming up.
0: Aaron, and before I go to you, I just want to make a massive announcement. We've got our first ever comment. Oh, We've got oh. our first ever comment and it's from Nish. And he says, hello, boys. <laughs> Respect, man. You've made history, Nish. I appreciate you. I appreciate a Liverpool fan. To be honest, like actually... You know, my nephew, he said he's going to listen. I don't know if he's listening. He's a Liverpool fan as well. So maybe, you know, we've got a little niche here catering to the Liverpool fan base. So, uh, Do you want some live
1: stats? I don't know if you can see this yourself. I can see this. So we have one person watching us live on Facebook. One person, I think, watching us on Twitch, which is unreal because I just set up the account like yesterday. And And I don't even know what Twitch is. (laughs) And five people watching us on YouTube. Oh my God. We've got seven people now, so that's really so think, okay.
0: Let's be clear yeah. about it. so. Gemma said she was going to watch on her phone and iPad. Okay, all right. So that t- so two of that is the same person.
1: Let me just message Ash to tell it to.
0: Anyway, Aaron, um, going to you, um, uh, and and you know, every, uh, just echoing stuff that my said. Let, I mean, if we look, let's just let's just before you know before we get your thoughts, let's just flick to the stats, because the stats are quite compelling. Because usually, right in um, usually in a game of football that you lose there's generally at least one stat other than goals that indicates that um you 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 perhaps weren't the better side and you know i don't i don't want to make that as a loaded comment because i don't want to start this pod as if we are going to moan and groan and say that we were the better side and we got robbed i don't want to do that but let's just say what what the stats say themselves right the stats basically say that we overwhelmed possession you know 60 percent 61 percent of possession away from home at old trafford that's a lot of possession at old trafford um You know, we had 16 shots versus United's 10. Crucially, we didn't actually get that many on target. We only got three on target versus six from from United. I have seen contradictory expected goals because I think that's important. You know, I think with this, right, you know, expected goals is a stat which actually gives you context. And most websites I've seen are showing a... um, a show right? another <laughs> co- a comment from a united fan all right nick how's it going most um most uh oh you got the comment I was, oh my god we're learning it we're living now, that's amazing seriously i don't know it's why, like we, yeah, it's, it's like we've just discovered the, the, the internet it's <laughs> it worth watching this episode purely to see <laughs> three grown men be fascinated about the internet people like, this is mad
2: yeah. people who haven't um listened to this on audio are gonna be really confused yeah yeah it's gonna be be such a
0: pointless like audience listening anyway um (laughs) yeah so the last i was gonna say expected goals the only thing that gives real context right because because as i said like the problem and we saw this with the palace game when we played palace away right possession stats can be very misleading so at the moment you know the possession stats for this game show arsenal you know very well ahead in possession but at the end of the day when you are chasing games tend the the teams that are chasing tends to get more of the possession the team that are defending a lead tend to sit back these things can be misleading right so but the expected goals is interesting because most places are reporting the expected goals as 1.52 for Arsenal, 1.47 for United. Um, I've seen one place report it with Man United having an expected goals of two um, versus Arsenal, about one and a half. Um, wh- wh- whatever the case, what it basically says is that United were clinical, which is what you need to be in big games and Arsenal were just not. Um, but Aaron and, you know, all those stats kept ca- taken into context. Uh, There's my nephew. Hello. Now go to sleep, mate. <laughs> Go to sleep, Ethan. <laughs> um, anyway, um, someone talking about Phil Mitchell. Oh, got that's, Phil my, Mitchell that's my cousin. That's it. uh, your cousin. Oh, my God. It's like a proper family affair. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, mate. Sorry, Aaron, give, give me your thoughts, right, on that. Stats say stats say, Arsenal were the better side, dominant, but just not clinical. Does that sum it up?
2: Yeah, basically. Um, I don't really have much more to add. I mean, I think we just got done three times with three clinical moments and we just didn't do enough to to trouble them really I mean no, we why, had lots why of positions why
0: did, why did we get done why did we get done three times it's three three effectively identical goals in many ways we got cut open we've not been cut open this season there was the one goal against Leeds where you know it, sorry against Leicester where um you know kind of went through Ramsdale's legs every mm. other goal that we conceded this season has been nothing to do with defensive organizational tactics this time we got dissected three times cut down the middle um with our you know, fir- what's been our first choice back four, uh back five, you know, this season.
2: What well, why'd that happen? I think one was the absence of Thomas Partey. Like Lokonga, whilst he wasn't at fault, you you kind of just anticipate positionally him Partey to just be in better areas to affect the game. And I just thought there were just a couple of moments where we're a bit not unlucky, but we just those fine margins didn't go away, right? Like the the one thing that really sticks out to me was when I think it was the second goal where, um, when gabriel takes him, at, like fouls him, right? And the referee plays advantage, right? Like nine best, times out of ten. first goal, I think that was the first goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first goal, like nine times out of ten, gabriel properly fouls him and just takes him out. And that, that, that ball isn't even making its way through. Or oh, the referee is just like incompetent and doesn't play advantage. Um, but unfortunately like gabriel made the foul the the ball ran to the right man the referee was then like made a, played a good advantage and then united executed and it fell to um anthony and well it was a good little you know, pass from rashford yeah. i think right was it yeah, it, was, it, was move. Move. it was a very good move really good play, a really good pass it's it's just like it was everything that could go right for united and those three 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 goals went right for them right and that's fair like that happens um and we just didn't get though that bit of luck anywhere in our in their box, and that I think that was kind of the difference. In these big games, it's just fine margins. We we set up with a game plan. United came on with their game plan, and you know I was surprised because I was I was impressed with how quickly United counted. They that they, you know, some of the passes in the build up to their goals were really good. Like that Fernandez pass, that was good. There was uh, an Eriksen pass for their second or third that was really good. Um, yeah, they just got everything right, and we didn't. Basically,
0: it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's basically Ten Hag. We talked about we in, in one of our last episodes. We talked about how, you know, slightly bullishly, slightly kind of you know, sitting on our high horse a little bit because we won loads of games. We were talking about how you know Ten Hag needs to watch Arteta and take some lessons from what Arsenal Arsenal done. In fantasy, did right. You know what? What seems very clear to me at the moment. They did it against Liverpool as well. Ten, Ten Hag's basically said right. I'm just starting off on this project and I want to play a certain way, but I'm not going to be able to do that right now. Right. It seems like after the first two defeats, he's just gone. I'm going to need to do play a system that's going to get us through for a while. And that is basically a counter-attacking smash and grab type outfit. And he probably feels he's got the tools to do that because he's got some really fast wingers. So it was kind of something out of the Oli era as well, because Oli used to do it in the big games as well. And he's he's essentially done that. And and like you say, you know, I find it might have seemed surprising how quickly they broke, but that was their game plan at Old Trafford to basically say, we're playing one of our historic big rivals. If we go toe-to-toe with Arsenal, we'll lose. We can't play them for possession right now. That actually takes a lot of guts to do that right to just accept that and he did that he conceded possession at Old Trafford to Arsenal and basically went let's try and hit him on the break and did it three times so as much as Aaron and it, you know it's it's maybe surprising that they finished it is it just a case where they just had a plan they executed it really well and we just did not execute ours
2: yeah yeah like but then like on another day like we we are a bit more clinical and create one or two more chances we get a little bit of luck and Man United don't score on all three of their counters. And we probably win that two, one, three, one or something like that. And mm. I think, I don't know if I'm more annoyed about our lack of dealing, like creating something in the box or just how poorly we defended all three of those counter do you, attacks. Do you really think that we, we didn't create in the box? Aaron? Well, how many shots, how many shots did we actually have? Like
0: we had three, we had on, that, three, had three on target. And I think it's, so we had 16 attempts.
2: We had like, I think we played well. But like I thought, you know, Jesus, Saka, both of them had really good games. But if you look back on those big moments, like there was a lot of, like, ch- like we created a lot of half chances before, like the final ball was lacking or we yeah, got I into the box that. and mm. then we had a lot of touches in the box, I felt, but we just didn't, I don't remember De Gea making that many saves. No, it's a fair. Um, I think, yeah. and, you know, I just think we weren't, You know, maybe there's we still have a little bit of a way to go to be a bit more clinical and, like, we're getting in loads of dangerous positions, but we're not doing anything with it. And that's a huge improvement on what we were doing last time because last season... Last season, we weren't even getting into the box, right? So... But in these big games, you're not going to get four or five chances. Like, you know, like, the first half against Villa, we had, what, ten chances or something. We scored one. Um, Against Man United, who are, you know, have good defenders... Um, you're not going to get that number of chances. And, you know, like we were talking on, on WhatsApp, that Odegaard chance was big because you have to take these clear-cut chances when they come because United are going to defend deep and they're going to counter. And, you know, United got three chances. They scored three goals. We probably had a similar amount of chances and we walk away with one and we lose game
0: yeah you know you talk about being clinical in the big games and chances not happening that much it would be remiss of us not to talk about this incident so arguably the best finish of the match was from Gabriel Martinelli um who at this stage of the game i thought it was super interesting what was going on it really felt to me that arsenal and arteta basic arteta basically said the team they're going to they're going to come out in the first 5 or 10 minutes they're going to be they're going to be really on it and um and we just need to absorb that for a little bit and then we can have our time. And it really felt that we were able to do that and we accepted doing that. And then that counter that led to Martinelli's finish was, it was just as rapid as any of the United counters. And it was a phenomenal finish. You go 1-0 one, one up at that point, it's a completely different ball game for a number of reasons, right? One, even after it was disallowed, like Man United were a little bit shell-shocked at that point. But let's talk about that, right? Because it's ruled out for VAR. Now, the referee seen the incident. Yeah, all right, chan oh, We had a, we had a, we had a couple of more comments. Uh, Chan's here, hello. Chan is is a great supporter of this of this podcast. He's been you know one of the guys from the start. Appreciate it, evening, mate. Janigan, good to see you, mate. Nick, Man United fan saying he agrees with Aaron. And, uh, we're unlucky. I was doing a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dislodge VR goal was a lifesaver, United. Nick's a good guy. Yeah. He might as well be an Arsenal fan right now. <laughs> Cheers, Nick. Cheers, Nick. Yeah. Like, listen, like, listen we, again, I'm really conscious about not having sour grapes, but let's just talk about why it was a little bit annoying, right? The referee's there. He's seen it. He's in front of the incident and he said, play on. Yeah. Hmm. The incident's gone. couple of passes. Arsenal score. Fourth official says... For not fourth official VAR, VAR room says I think you might need to have a look at this because I think it might need to, it might be a foul. He's gone over to the screen. He's looked at about four or five different camera angles about fifteen times. It went on for ages, okay. And then he's turned around and disallowed the goal. Now you disallow the goal at that point if you base said I've made a clear and obvious error. There's something that I've not seen there, and it was a clear error. Yeah. I don't know where to start with how much nonsense that is on, on so many levels. I mean, firstly, if you have to watch a replay 15 times, it's not clear and obvious, mate. Yeah, mm. especially if you were standing there staring at it and you know, you're literally in front of it. Secondly, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbaink made this really important point, which is really true. Contact and a player going over, even if you make no contact with the ball, right? If you make contact with a player, it does not necessarily mean it's a foul. That's not the definition of a foul. Yeah. So the fact that Odegaard goes in and makes contact in the back with, of Ericsson and Ericsson go down, that does not necessarily mean it's a foul at all. And apparently the referees have been encouraged to allow physical play. They, they actually want football to remain a contact sport. And this is a light ball, and the referee has judged it perfectly when he's been there and he's seen the instant and he's thought it's enough to rule out. Now, do you know what? Fine, whatever. Okay. There are people who said people who will say that by definition it's a foul blah 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 fine we can argue that all we want but again look at all the cases of var over the last couple of weeks how many times have things like that been overturned hardly ever when 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 bloody the guy who we tried to sign douglas louis scores from a corner against arsenal right Mm. the contact on aaron ramsdale is even bigger than that but it's not disallowed because it's deemed as not 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 that big a deal. Yeah, it was contact. Yeah, the contact brought him down. But you know what? Whatever. Okay, Tyrone Mings bring down. You know, uh, Saka. Saka Man yeah. handles him. He throws him to the ground. But it's declared not clear and obvious. Ref sort it. Complete inconsistency. Now I agree. I've gone on a massive rant here, <laughs> guys. Do you think the fact that it was at Old Trafford paid a difference? Do you think it's it's anything to do with the fact that the referee and the the officials are all from actually the Greater Manchester area? do you think it's got anything to do with people making bar officials trying to make bar into a big controversy because they hate it and they want to get it thrown out what do you guys think because clearly in my three minute rant or whatever you know how i feel about it i mean my what do you think
1: you can't really legislate for it. explain it like i definitely think old trafford is a factor it's always been a factor um historically and that size of a crowd you know it, it must, it must influence. It obviously has influenced ref- referees um, over the years. But I, I mean, I, I can't really add too much more to what you've said in terms of how unhappy, like, so when it actually happened at the time we were talking about it and I, I sort of said, I think me and you said, Aaron, and it's very, very soft, but it's may, maybe, you know, we we didn't really dispute it or argue it too much. And then, yeah, you see more and more replays and you see all the reaction afterwards and you do real like you kind of, re- and then I saw the Tillemans one from earlier in the day. I don't know if you guys saw that with Leicester, Leicester against Brighton. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. It's very similar. Probably literally Le- yeah. is probably more contact. So basically the same thing happens. Telemans wins the ball, but probably like take barges the man out of the way, and then they Leicester score and the goal's given. There's no I don't know if there was a review or not, but the goal's given. So yeah, I absolutely think that the old Trafford factor must have had a say in it. But like you like you say, Raj, like how do you explain? the 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 VAR seeing that and thinking and, and basically telling the ref to go to a monitor and look at it I, I can't get my head around it and obviously this whole weekend or this weekend there's just been it's been a weekend of controversy with VAR right the Chelsea West Ham one the Newcastle one it was Newcastle wasn't it I think it was Newcastle, mm-hmm. yeah, Newcastle Palace right yeah 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 Palace yeah Tyrick Mitchell so honestly like I don't know mate I mean you could talk about it all day I mean yeah not sure what else to add really
0: you hope some of these things go your way i mean later on in the season and and chan like you you know chan's comment consistently inconsistent decisions absolutely kills a game it's true isn't it right because we don't we don't want to be talking about var var and it's one thing about us disagreeing with some of the application but inconsistency is just It's just BS, because if you're going to be inconsistent using VAR, you might as well get rid of it because it's inconsistency with the referees on, you know, having their own subjective view anyway. If you're going to, if you're not, if you're going to be inconsistent with how you apply the law, forget about it.
2: Right. I mean, Aaron, have
0: you got anything more to say about that, I think
2: I spent all day thinking about this because I I knew this moment would come. Right. And I knew we would have to talk about this. And. Like I think, like, once you put aside all that, I don't think refs are biased. I, I'm kind of hoping that I don't. Well, I know there's a lot of them from the Northwest. I don't. I'm hoping they're not like favoring Man United. And because if they are, we can't fix that. That's done. Right. But I do think that basically, I think football now has got a problem with rules and technology in the sense that A, they keep changing the rules. Like, if I asked you, we've asked a panel of like 100 football fans. To explain like offside and how it works nowadays in terms of like the intricacies of the rules, handball and the intricacies of what's handball, what's not handball, what's a foul, what's not a foul, I reckon you get quite a split opinion, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just they keep tweaking all the rules, and they keep then keep tweaking VAR in terms of like what this, what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to be there for, and I don't think referees really know. As, honestly, I just think someone said, right, dads, at the start of the season, this is going to be a foul, this is not going to be a foul. And some of them have just forgotten. Like, and they're probably living by the old, old rule books because at the start of the season, there was definitely a conscious effort from the Premier League to say, we want to let the soft challenges go, right? We're going to, like the Odegaard challenge, sorry, like the challenge that Odegaard put in on Ericsson, That was like, a, in my opinion, an example of we're going to let that go. And we're just gonna let the game flow, and everyone's like, Great. And then all of a sudden, we score a goal, and it's like they've forgotten, and they're going through a lot of effort to say, How can we disallow this goal? Can we find the foul? I don't think that's what we should use VAR for. What VAR should be used for is what, like, okay, there's something that's been seriously seriously gone wrong here, the clear and obvious error, etc. And they need to go and find it and say, This is wrong, because Stopping, like, st- like when you celebrate a goal in the ground, it's like a really good moment, right? Like you remember how we celebrate a game. To take that away, and like one man on his TV shouldn't have the power to take that away unless he has a very, very good reason to take that away. Mm-hmm. And it's like they went there, and even then, when the referee went and looked at the TV, he wasn't going to give it. And then maybe, mice, that's what you said about the the power of the crowd. Maybe he bottled it then, where he said, like, I'm going to have to now, like, go with this because my colleague has told me i need to look at this the crowd are telling me i need to look at this and he he probably bottled it there but it's i just yeah. don't think they know like the 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 one on aaron ramsdale right like we were annoyed right but we accept like i think if the referees didn't give that all season would be like okay that's the game now that's exactly. what vr's for vr's not going to intervene on that so it's a goal and like we were annoyed at the time but we weren't like outraged Right. Yeah. And even and with the Saka off. one, to be honest, when Saka yeah. was brought down, it was annoying. I think, but it's like, well,
1: I think it was yeah. easy for
2: us to not be outraged because we won the game as well. <laughs> That's right? fine. Right. <laughs> That's I agree. Right? But there are, there are like, true. I think for, like, the, and even our one, right? I think Mize, you said it right. I can see why they gave it, right? You can look at that at one angle and see, uh, see a foul. You can look at it at another angle and see not a foul. It's 50 50. But again, why do they have to go and disallow it? Like, they didn't need to. But the one at Chelsea West Ham, that is absolutely bonkers. That was like, like you they, know, uh, that well, that one really annoyed me. And I'm I'm not a I'm not a West Ham fan, but they went into microscopic detail to try and find a way to stop but a goal. This, in this the is the thing. Of a game.
1: This is the thing, right? So obviously, once they show a couple of replays, and then they're not sure, and then they look at more replays, and they slow it down even further, and they look at more angles. And the more and more you slow it down, or the more times you watch a slow motion replay of that incident, the worse and worse it looks. And that's yeah. basically what's happening. Like, you watch what happened between Erdegaard and Ericsson in real time. It's 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 soft. It's not a foul. It's coming to... Well, I don't know what you'd call it's it. A coming just together. a bit of contact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a bit of contact, a bit of aggression, not really that much aggression. Um, and Ericsson just goes down. He feels the contact, goes down looking for the free kick. Similarly with Mendy, right? He feels contact and he fakes an injury or basically makes it obvious to the ref. But then when you watch that back, in, you know, 10 times slow or whatever it is, it looks so much worse. And that's what they're basing the decision on they're basing it on yeah, yeah on a but, super super slow-mo replay
2: but like if if the ref gives that in real time and gives a foul on Odegaard uh on Eriksen I don't think we complain I don't think we're going to be outraged to be like how could you give that a foul right because you can see well, it's being given we all, right? we haven't scored as a result right as in if you yeah, exactly. we stop it before we scored
1: a goal then it's almost like okay. the fact
2: that like you said right the fact that he let it go we then scored and then he takes it back and there's like I'm gonna find a foul here that's what annoys me because mm-hmm. a they don't do that consistently, and b they shouldn't be doing that because that's not what VAR is there for.
0: Agree. Okay. So look, moving on from that, right? We we then go and we we, we concede that goal, and then it's one nil. And actually, to be honest, we still end up playing quite well after that, and it goes into the second half. And um and you know we're down one nil, uh, but but we come out. And I think Arsenal come out looking pretty good, right, Miles? I mean, they, they they come out and it, it seems like Arteta has given a decent team talk and he said, like, carry on doing what you're doing and, and then we we come up strong and we look good coming up to the, the equaliser, didn't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically what I said at the start, like, performance-wise. like It was in patches. Um, I think you have to factor in it's still Man United. It's still Man United that won three games in a row. And I, I think I said this, like, last episode or a couple of episodes ago, as as well as we have been playing and as good as the results have been, we're not at the level where we dominate a game for, say, 60 minutes or for an entire half, blow a team away or get the goals that we need, you know, to secure the result. And then we can sort of take our foot off the gas. And I think we kind of saw that yesterday as well, um, just in regards to like, yeah, some, some of the some of the good moments, or should I say a lot of the, um, the positives were in patches in terms of dominance and us, you know, having a lot of the ball. Um, but yeah, like you say, Raj, we came out second half and I kind of, I think, I don't know about you guys, I completely expected that sort of reaction because there was Mm. so much to take from the first half anyway, you know, that goal could have easily been given as we've just talked about the scoreline would have been very, very different or would have been different. And, um, there would, like I say, so many positives to take from the first half. I didn't, I don't think Arteta necessarily had to say too much. It was almost like to say, look, they're there for the taking. I think he said this in his post-match as well, right? Like they're basically there, the game's there for you if you really want to, if you really want it. Um, and I think we did try, you know, I think we tr- definitely obviously tried to go and win the game. And I think we came out with that sort of, with that attitude of, you know, we played really well. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Um, the chances will come. And obviously the chances did come. Um, but I think it was just the the sort of, I don't want to say sucker punches, but they weren't really sucker punches. But it was that, those couple of moments just sort of switching off um, at the back or possibly yeah. midfield as Aaron and touched on when you mentioned Leconga. Um that really did cost us
0: so I mean on that right let's say let's just assume for a second that whoever the personnel was whether it be La Partey or El Neni let's just assume that in, in in any of those instances the um the midfield is bypassed and and actually kind of uh we get a line breaking pass that um that ends up with a player going through on goal yeah now Arsenal have last season played the third highest line I think in the league And we're playing a pretty high line this season as well. We talked about it before around, you know, teams like Liverpool who, who play such high lines and they do it and it's so effective in how they attack and they take the gamble because they've got rapid defenders. And in fairness in Saliba and Gabriel, we do have two quick defenders and Saliba is absolutely rapid. So you're sort of playing a system which says, yeah, do you know what? We might get counted, but actually we'll be okay. Aaron, and, I mean, did it concern you how essentially it was? I didn't they three counters with this, you know, playing a high line with a quick back four or at least two quick centre backs, and and Ben White pretty quick as well. But each of those times, I mean, you know, I think Ben White came close on the on the second goal. I think you know he he came close, and I think he even got a deflection which ends up kind of going past Ramsdale but do, do you think in any way that this will Arteta will look at this and go oh crap I'm not really sure this tactic is the best one or do you think that he will look at it and go there's not many counter-attacking teams out there with the pace that Man United have
2: yeah I think I think honestly I watched the goals back and some of the passing for the Man United goals was ridiculously good like and I think you have to be good to cut that defense open. And they were like that Fernandez pass that Ericsson pass um, just like some of the play out from the back. And this is what um, reluctantly impressed me about Man United was, yeah, the fact that they've dropped Maguire, they've got Varane, they've got um,
0: Martinez,
2: Martinez. That's it. Um, They were really good at just playing out from the back. And then with Ericsson in that, that kind of deeper six role, he can like, he can kind of do what he was doing, what Partey was doing, which should be doing for us, which is taking the ball from defense and just transitioning really quickly. And a lot of the time I thought it was like Zinchenko and to a certain extent, Lukonga did a good job of just stopping that happening. But the problem is the minute, you know, they beat the press or they kind of just find the right pass and someone's out of position here, or a couple of people are just not in the optimal position. uh, They've got the runners, they've got the pace to then get in behind and, and like i said earlier they had three chances and they they played all three of those chances really well um mm. and and i think you know how many times you, you do that again i don't think man united are going to do that again they got everything right perfectly and they punished us and that fair play to them it it almost reminds me like it reminds me of like playing spurs in the sense that we would do everything right they would do the kane son thing and they would score um it, it had similar vibes and I, I kind of, you know, we've got Spurs coming up and I kind of hope we learn our lessons from this in terms of, you know, where people need to be off the ball, who to press, who not to press, Um, because you can see Spurs playing a very similar tactic to the way United played us. And I think Spurs will be very happy to give us the ball. They they will just be like, we've got the passing capability to bypass your defense
0: it's very um, interesting you say this so just just to drop quickly because there was someone um i can't remember which account it was on twitter but they were and they're analyzing the game and they basically said this game was very very similar to the man city tottenham games both of those games last season so both man mm. city tottenham um you know home and away both those games played out a really similar way where effectively man City ended up basically just over committing at very key moments and Tottenham the whole game were, were just willing to kind of say we'll we'll wait for our moments we'll counter and hope for the best in that in that way and it was the quality you know in the in the in the Kane and, and son and you know, you've got the when you've got players of that quality they're able to take advantage of those moments and it was similar you know I felt uh you know with with what man United did but but Aaron does that yeah you know, just to, just to let you finish but maybe applying this lens to it, Does that mean that ultimately, you know, we need to, if we're going to do this, if we're going to back ourselves, we need to get a lot better at what we're doing. So we need to make sure that we are executing and we are taking whatever chances and making better decisions in the box, because we just can't afford to play this dominating game and not do that because we will get counted against some of these bigger teams.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. I think we need to just, you know, if we can do more with the possession we probably score one or two and then United aren't in a position to to do that because we're probably not taking as many risks. So I think you know the forward play almost affects the way we defend. And you know, when we go behind against a team like that, we're in bigger trouble because we have to commit more because we're chasing mm. the game. And that then encourages a counter-attacking team to continue to counter. Right? If we went one-nil up, United can't play counter attacking game because we can sit back i mean they, they might still be able to like if they played it a bit more cautiously they might still be able to play counter but it encourages them to try and come out more um yeah so but honestly i think if we play that way against most teams not every team is going to be able to hurt us in the sense that in the way that man united yesterday yeah. um like it's just annoying because it's man united <laughs> like, I think if that happened against Palace, we'd be like, "Oh, okay, we got done by three clinical goals, and let's not do that again." But it's because yeah. you know we all know Man United fans; they've just got annoying players. Um, it just, it's just really annoying.
0: Well, it's probably you know you, Nish, who was who was watching, actually said this to me after the game. You know, when when I was sort of down in the dumps about the result, he, he basically said, "Look, this kind of approach will probably pay dividends in the long run, right?" and i think that's a point right i think it probably is true you know you you, you play like that against most teams you probably are going to get something out of it but is like there's been a, a question i don't know if you know who this guy is by the way like he, he's just he's left uh, I a, sort he's left a
1: question i sort of know him he's uh, my brother in law
0: <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Is so, you know. a fan? fan? <laughs> yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm going to direct this question to you. But let's can we, let's put a bit of broader context because it's a really, really good question. Mm. But there is a broader question that's embedded in this, right? We saw so is so relatively predictable with his substitutions normally, right? In fact, yeah. we have complained many times of him maybe not being as as proactive with subs. He waits quite quite a while, and and they're fairly like, predictable, predictable. Doesn't really take risks. But what he did after we went two one down was, I mean, I've, I mean, if it was Venga, then I probably would have thought, you know, it's, it's a, it was a classic Wenger thing to do. We basically just go, right. Bring on all the strong. I'm going to bring in every <laughs> single attacking option I have, yeah, and I'm going to throw them on. And he made all, and i not, I don't think anyone understood what kind of system we were playing when he put on Vieira for his debut. You know, he brings on Eddie, like he brings on ESR. Martinelli is still on the pitch at this point so is Jesus so is Saka you know the the whole the whole crew is uh, uh, you know so anyway Miles, I'll let you respond to to the question which is you know specifically you know what are your views to take off Odegaard and Zinchenko after going 2-1 surely that doesn't make sense
1: so we had what it was about 20 minutes to go 15-20 minutes to go I think so I think the sub was due I was completely shocked that he did uh, he, he went for a triple substitution like you say Raj that is like it's just unprecedented, really, when it comes to Arteta. I couldn't get my head around Vieira coming on, like his first ever minutes for us, considering that we've had a couple of home games. We've had the Bournemouth game where he easily could have come on, assuming he was fit, even for five minutes. Um, uh, it, was, it was very, very weird to put that expectation on a player that's never played for us before away at Old Trafford when you're 2-1 down. So I didn't really get that. Um, but yeah, look, specifically with Erdogan and Zinchenko, uh, yeah, I completely agree with Sat. Like I'm, I think when you're, I mean, Erdegaard was having a pretty good game. I know you missed that chance, but he was overall having a pretty good game, pulling all the strings as normal, integral to the way that we're pl- we're playing or we're playing. Didn't really understand that substitution specifically. Obviously, you've got to sort of sacrifice someone. The Nchengu one maybe less so because who did he bring on? He brought on Vieira, Smith Rowe, and Eddie, right? So he sent- essentially sacrificed our left back for. A more for a more attacking player, which, whichever one of
0: those three you want to choose. So that one sort of makes sense, but obviously. But do you think my sorry? Do you think they could have both been fitness related? Because you know, Odegaard was a doubt, Yeah. And yeah. Zinchenko. Yeah, yeah, I was you know, gonna was suggest this. Strength.
2: Like, I was gonna say it might have been fitness related, um, but. But continue. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Go, go finish what you're saying, guys.
1: No, yeah, no, good point. Yeah, so exactly, I know they were both sort of doubts or had um, were carrying. Um, injuries or slight injuries Um, but this is the frustrating thing so on a more general basis right like he hasn't really given Smith Rowe a look in this season he hasn't given Vieira any minute so far and I know that Vieira came into the season with an injury he didn't I don't think he was in the squad for the first couple of games or whatever but then all of a sudden it's like right now we're gonna now we're gonna go like gung-ho we're gonna throw on Smith Rowe and Vieira and expect them to kind of contribute to us coming back into this game or getting another goal with 15 or 20 minutes to go that I didn't really understand I didn't really I didn't really get Eddie you know standard sub when when we when we need a goal and he had a pretty good impact to be fair as he has had all season but yeah the whole triple substitution thing and the Vieira thing I, I didn't really understand and it's a bit of a consistent theme with with Arteta sometimes his substitutions are questionable uh for sure and not really sure what the thinking was. don't know what you guys think, actually.
2: Yeah, I I kind of feel like doing all three at the same time probably took us from a structure which was working well, albeit we were a bit shell-shocked with a second goal, to just chaos, right? And I think Man United, like, it's one of those where if it works, like, you think Arteta's a genius and um, you think, oh, like, that's a really attacking sub, like, against uh, Villa... When he took off Tierney and he bought on Eddie, I think, or something like that. I was like, oh, that's that's good, like that's a, a substitute with substitution with intention. Um, I think just taking off Lokonga, taking off at uh, like in our midfield, you just I think it's just it just leaves Jacko, right um, and Smith Rowe playing wherever Smith Rowe is going to play. So it was I think too much too quickly, where I think
1: yeah. yeah. I was going to say he didn't. He didn't necessarily. Yeah, he didn't need to make that many subs. He didn't need to change it up that much. We were still in the game. We were still playing really, yeah. really well.
0: We're still the better team
1: at that point. The, exactly. That, that, we had that, more. That of the was ball. A
0: complete yeah. sucker punch. The, the two one goal was out of nowhere. We were really dominating.
1: Do you reckon he just lost his head a little bit, Arteta? Just got yeah. a bit excited and yeah. lack of experience maybe just ma- cost ma-
0: him. Maybe he he basic. <laughs> maybe he thought you know what, we're top of the league. We won a whole bunch of games, and if. Uh- I'm going to need to learn some stuff about my squad at some point, and I'm going to have to take a risk at some point. Maybe I'm just going to do this and see what happens and see how we react. And, you know, you can't replicate match scenarios, right? So it doesn't matter how much you think about this stuff in training. Every now and again, you're going to have to try something. So maybe he just he just tried something, and he thought that the occasion or whatever it would be it was not a huge amount to lose. Maybe that's how he, he looked at it,
2: and he went for it. It didn't pay I think off. Me, the five subs rule probably didn't help. Right, if we have three <laughs> subs. I, yeah, don't, true. I don't think he makes those three subs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, agreed.
0: And I I I think, you know, there's an there's an element to say that he probably thought a two one, if he kept everything as it was, there's a chance that we could equalize. But he may have thought, would I rather try and win? And is it better to just come out with a win and you know go for broke in that way? Because you know, as we know as they you get know, you know as the maths go you could let's say winning one and drawing two is is worse than winning two and losing one you know like you know wins are wins are are gold right and maybe he just thought I'll go for it and if not whatever i i, I don't know and may, and if he de- if he if he did do that if that, that did come into play then that's a gamble and as a manager he has to take that on the chin because it didn't pay off and you can't blame from that point when he made that sub you can't blame the players at all right for anything that happened after that point i think you know because that was just it was well just i was still think you're,
2: you're you
0: expect the players to defend properly right like yeah well, i don't know in that kind of, you brought in a bunch of players i'm sure that there was a lot of questions i'm sure there wasn't i'm sure not every player on that pitch was clear as to what their role was structurally at that point because um, they can't have rehearsed for that
2: system no fine yeah no, i agree with that but you still expect them when on the pitch to be like okay they're going to counter here let's
1: I think Let's I think I'm more them, I think right. I'm more annoyed about the first goal than the 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 two the, the second mm-hmm. and the third goal. To be honest, the first goal we just like I mean I know we talked about it, but Laconga just was nowhere to be seen. And again, I'm not kind of blaming him or picking on him, but he wasn't in the area where Fernandez picks up the ball, and then Gabriel's completely has to. You know the the shape just goes. Gabriel has to step out. He's out of position. Makes a um you know a desperate tackle and then Zinchenko comes I don't know why, to be honest I don't even know Have you, I don't know if you've watched it back but Zinchenko comes inside for no and just leaves Anthony free I think for he no has
2: real reason basically Saliba's one at that point right so I don't
1: think cuz no there. whoever's no, got the Salibre ball Pete, Rashford
2: and then at that point he basically he either has to stick with his man and Rashford can run in or he has to leave um he has to leave uh, Anthony um yeah I, I think, think uh, it, and and basically I think what happens is like then Zinchenko tries to go cover him on the outside but again Rashford makes a really good pass on the inside and then the annoying thing is it's on it falls to the left footer what's it on the right hand side right if that's a right footer he probably goes to like Ramsdale can deal with it but it's just like it, everything worked out really well for them I think the biggest think... issue was that Martinelli wasn't covering
0: yeah it does go back to what you're saying aaron right like arguably for all the three man united goals the easiest part of those goals were the finishes and the things that happened before that were just excellent for man united the two the you know the two almost the two passes prior to the goals in both you know in all three goals were brilliant like because that first goal the ericsson you know line breaking pass was brilliant and Rashford's pass, it, it was, it had to be very precise. He had to get, he had to make it, ve- it was a very small gap to get through and he had to time it and he had to get the right weight on it. And it was so easy for Anthony at that point. Um, so it is, you know, it, it is frustrating, but it, you know, it is quality in that. And I think that, and that's when guys, you know, when we were talking about this, when we were, and, and, and you know, we were kind of having a brief discussion on WhatsApp, that's when I was getting a little bit worried. I was getting a bit worried because I thought. It, it reminded, it had shades of the Man City game of last season where we played some great stuff. You know, we had some, we had some great organization overall, but we lost the game in some key moments. And I was worried this time when I, it just felt like, are the team not that that is that that is an element that a big team needs. A big team needs to understand that games are not always going to go your way. There's things that aren't going to go right, but you're going to get some moments, and you've just got to take those moments. And it's concentration for ninety minutes, and it's those things that ultimately end up deciding these big games. It's these margins, right? And that that is a concern of mine slightly. And it, it, you know, it, it still is after this. I, I'm really hopeful. Put it this way, I'm really really hopeful to see soon uh, a big game where actually things are going against us. We don't necessarily play as fluently or whatever and we win. I'd love to see that because that would tell me a lot about a lot about this team. But I think as well, right, one thing that we should say is look at Liverpool at the moment. They have a lot of injuries and they're suffering as a result of having a lot of those injuries. You know, I was talking to a Liverpool fan today in the office. He's, he's a season ticket holder. He goes to all, all the games. And I said to him, I said, you know, what's the problem? And he goes, mate, it's, it's just injuries. It's just completely devastated how we play. Like people are kind of, you know, what's it? Square pegs in round holes and whatever, that kind of thing. It's, it's just bit. not, yeah, maybe may, I, I know what you mean. I, I know what you say. It's still Liverpool, still got big big score, whatever. Now, in the same way, right? I think, you know, the point here is, yes, we did have some players who came back from injury, but this was really a game where you needed Partey or Nenny. And we didn't have either, you know. Elneny is the backup defensive midfielder, Partey is our main defensive midfielder. Neither of them are there. Lakonga, a lot of people says says have a future has a future as a number six, but you know, like you said, Myers, I think you know it's fair, even though sometimes it's hard to understand where everyone's position should be on the pitch. He probably did leave a bit of a gap a couple of times yeah, and that yeah, ended yeah. up costing us. Do you know what I mean? But you know, let's 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 kind of maybe take a step back from this, guys. Right? Let's let's get out of the game itself for a second now. Right? So we've lost, we lost three one. It's done. It happens. We weren't going to win every game this season. Um, we've played well. We've lost. We've we've dissected it. Right? Where are we now? We're so still top of the league. The title is still
2: in our hands. We <laughs> yeah, win every the, ti- game. the
0: title is still mathematically no, still, still in our
2: hands. In our hands. Yeah? yeah, we win all our games from now until the end of the season. We are champions. We are champions. okay so exactly exactly so so in that respect someone's
1: gonna clip that up put it all over (laughs) social media
2: and you two are gonna
0: write idiots Uh, that's true that's true but we should we should like print disclaimers all the time just in case but but no look um i guess the point the point is we would have still taken this in our heartbeat wouldn't we at the start of the season if you said if you said guys i tell you what you will lose to man united at old trafford but at that point you will still be top of the league we would have all taken that there's yeah, not yeah. one of us I going to taken that, right? So it's it, it's painful this loss, right? But let's 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 contextualize this. So, you know, I know we've got Zurich midweek, but let's just hold off on that on a, 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 as a second. You know, we are in a situation, we are in a league right now. It might might well be good to get your you know your guys' thoughts on this because um, it's a bit of a weird one to figure out, isn't it? The league right now is incredibly hard to. To assess in terms of predicting where everyone's is now and how people are doing to how they may end up later on in the season, people are dropping points left, right, and center inexplicably. I don't think anyone thought Man City were going to drop points away at Aston Villa, right? And you, from top to bottom, you look at result; they were born with, you know, won a game the other day. You know, come on, when, when, <laughs> sorry, just animatedly just dropped something S- on the floor smashing and, up the place yeah. we're not exactly we're not <laughs> liverpool dropping point liver drop points to, to, to everton you know who bloody hell i mean everton has been useless and they dropped points and we're playing everton coming up i mean could yeah. this be a season could this be a season where the team that just beats who they're meant to beat more often than not ends up doing pretty well what do you mean by pretty well so let's go back to Leicester, yeah? When Leicester won the league. Mm. Leicester lost to Arsenal home and away, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, who, and Arsenal ended up finishing second, and we were brilliant that year for the most part. We, we were brilliant. I know we we were third for, for a long time and it kind of sneaked it, whatever. But when we played Leicester home and away, we scored a lot of goals. I think we scored seven goals across those two games, yeah? Mm. Um, but what Leicester did really well that other teams didn't do that season was Leicester just basically went and did basic things what they got the basic results right so they beat they had a system and they just scored goals and they beat most teams that actually you know weren't that great so you know if their record their record on the top six i think was decent i think it still was decent but actually it was more a case that they were just getting points off everyone else and everyone else all the other top teams that season for one reason or another were actually just dropping points like randomly they were just dropping points yeah. all of them yeah? yeah is this one of those seasons? You're asking me. Um, I'm asking you, sorry. <laughs> I think it's way too early, mate. Like, I
1: think, obviously, we we seem to be used to this, like Man City, Liverpool, from game one, all the way through to the end of the season, they rarely drop any points, especially Man City, but Liverpool as well. They've done like amazingly well to kind of keep up the levels as they have done in the last few seasons. And we've become used to that. That's like your default top two. I think what we're seeing now is probably a bit of a throwback to more regular Premier League seasons, where maybe it takes a little bit more time for teams to kind of get into the groove um it's obviously a bit of a weird season as well with the world cup coming up not that that's any relevance to how things have started but um yeah and so maybe it's I, I for me i feel like it's just more a case of like liverpool's injuries you know it's you know i kind of turned my nose up a little bit when you when you mentioned what your friend had said but it's a it's fair enough like uh, you know if we had that sort of level of injuries we'd probably struggle too um but yeah i think it's more a case of teams are just uh, like I guess you could say getting getting up to speed maybe or just kind of getting into the into the swing of things in terms of performance levels. Um like you can't really see Man City. Yeah, they dropped they've dropped points against Newcastle and, and Villa, but I, I mean really I I can see them just blowing most teams away to be honest. Um there's not really anything you look I don't know. Personally I don't look at Man City and think they've obviously got much stronger. They've got stronger compared to last season. They've added even more goals. They've not really. Lo- I know they've lost a couple of players, but they don't seem to be struggling on, on that front. Um, so yeah, like uh, it, I think it's personally. I think it's a bit too early to to tell if if say Liverpool and City's form continues going You know, going into the World Cup or when the World Cup comes around, probably at what another nine games or so, then you might say yeah, it could be a bit more of a, uh, more of an open season. But and the same applies for us, right? It's a very small sample size in terms of our five wins out of six. I'm not sure we're going to maintain that kind of form after 20, 25 games, personally. Yeah. I don't think anyone thinks, any Arsenal fan thinks that, right? So, yeah. so yeah, I think it's just very, very early days. The, the most worrying one for me is probably Tottenham because even though they're not playing amazingly well, like I'm not watching that closely, I'm not watching every minute of all of their games, but the the feel, the feel feeling that I'm getting from Tottenham is they're not playing amazingly well. Son's not really playing that well. He's not done anything this season so far in terms of contribute goal contributions or assists. But Kane scoring goals, Richarlison seems to have come in and they seem to be able to rotate Richarlison and Kulosevsky, it looks like at the moment. They've added real quality to the squad and obviously Conte, I say real quality, I think they've added quality to the squad. And and Conte is obviously getting them to play a certain way that is going to make them really, really effective. And I'm worried that they're going to be, well, I think they're just going to be a pretty strong team this season. Um that's, that's, that's a bit of a concern, but, but otherwise, I don't know, mate, I think it's still very, very early days to say that this is going to be a Leicester type season or anything near that.
0: Yeah, no, and let's, let's be crystal clear, right? As much as we joke, there is not one of us who actually thinks Arsenal can win the league. Well, actually,
1: so Aaron, Aaron and I asked you this on the last episode, but I just, I'm just, no, I'm interested to know because we haven't spoken about it. Do, you, do you, do you disagree with that? What Roger said? What that? I think we're going to win the league. No, 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 not that you think we're going to. win the league. But do you think there's a? chance? Because I personally don't think there's a chance in hell. And like, like, so my brother-in-law sat. Um, I was speaking to him on, on the weekend, and he, he was drunk, to be fair, but he said something about Arsenal are definitely going to win the league. This is before we lost to United, and I was like, no chance, absolutely no chance. Um, and he's more neutral because he's a West Ham fan. But yeah, I remember at the start of the season, you said, you know, if you have a good start, that could, I can't, I, I keep forgetting the exact words, but you know, I'm just I think I said,
2: if AFC. we win our first five, mm. we're not going to be talking about top four. We're going to be talking about going beyond that you said we
0: at the time as a dresser so so again to be clear it was about what the players and the manager would be talking about well
2: yeah players manager and then eventually us right (laughs) like i don't think i think i don't think the players the manager are talking about top four well i think they go game by game right yeah yeah, i agree i I think um and unless you're liverpool city where you like you draw a game and you think oh that's two points dropped in the title race um everyone else is sort of I don't know, I think everyone, every, every Premier League team is like in the title race until they're not in that sense, right? Like maybe not Bournemouth or something. I don't, but yeah, but you, you uh, kind of just like, okay, let's hang on in there for as long as possible and then see where it goes. And that's what we've got to do. Um, and we've just got, to, like, if City and Liverpool hit the heights of the last three seasons, hit that points total, I don't think we'll get that close. Uh, but uh, mate, I think, I think uh, will they? I don't know.
0: It, yeah. It's a good point. I, I think, you know, I think I've said this before, but I feel like you've almost got to put up a title challenge to to put yourself in a good chance of finishing in the top four. Like to almost cement, cement a
2: top four, you need to be yeah. kind of in yeah. the title race for as long as you can because it's and just like, going to be. Yeah. You know, go on. To go back to your point there, I think my said it yeah. right, which is around this, like putting these runs together and beating who we need to beat. Like you said, Raj. Like yeah. we did this a lot last season where we, we put runs together. I think there was a period where we won five, five in a row a few times. Yeah. Problem is, when we lose a game, we then lose three in a row, or we lose. Like, I was looking at our results. I think we lost, um, so we won, we lost our first three, then we went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or eight unbeaten, and then we lost three of the next four. Then we won another run, and then a, you know, a couple of decent draws. And then again, there's another patch where we went on a massive run, lost to Liverpool, had a win versus Arsenal. Then there was that streak where we lost away to Palace, lost at home to Brighton, and lost away at Southampton. Then, again, we went on that nice winning when We beat Chelsea, beat Man United, beat West Ham, beat Leeds. And then we lost to Spurs, then we lost to Newcastle. Like, the key thing is, and I see Sat's asked the question, which is, like, if City lose to Spurs, then is there pressure on us to bounce back? Like, regardless of what happens in City and Spurs, I think the the really crucial thing is that we win on Sunday against yeah. Everton. because. Yeah we can't allow one defeat to turn into three especially when we play Everton because I remember last season we rocked up to Everton maybe having lost a game I think we I lost think we played Man United Yeah, we lost
1: at Ronaldo yeah 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 we, we played at Old Trafford point.
2: and we were like we very similar vibe we played well but we were like how did we lose that game then we went to an Everton at that point who were even worse than they are now where yeah, they, they won in like
1: eight
2: games or something and they didn't win after the wages as well yeah, yeah and they comfortably beat us like, well that, well, that we, nice.
1: was the last minute. They they it the last <laughs> minute. No, but we did nothing. And then we missed, right? didn't Eddie miss like a fucking well easy chance. Yeah. I mean, uh, we okay, were trashed
0: we, though. But do you remember yeah, we were no, trashed yeah, yeah. that
2: game? Oh my god, we were um, proper toilet. And that is the type of stuff we need to cut out. Like, and that yeah. will be a genuine sign of improvement. If we go and win on uh Sunday, and actually we've got Europe in the middle, and it'll be interesting to see if you think that guy that will help or or not. Um regardless, we We have to win on Sunday.
0: No, I agree with you, and I completely agree. And look to Sat's question. I think that that's good. The pressure on us to win—it's nothing to do, I think, with what happens at Tottenham City. I think it's exactly what you say, Aaron. The pressure on us to win is because we can't lose two on the bounce. I don't even think we can we can lose and then draw one. Draws a draws a pony. Draws one point. Like draws cost a lot of places in the in the in this league in previous years teams that draw too many games psh, it's not about that and two losses i think is is dangerous if we win it's so helpful because it's one of those things also you, you know our squad probably reflects on last season and thinks okay cool we're, we're not going to do that anymore we're not gonna yeah. we're not going to be that team who'll lose a few games in a row and everyone's going to lose games but people are going to need to bounce back so yeah cool all right um can we reflect on Thursday for a second and then we'll wrap up this show? Our first ever live stream. So Thursday presents our first Europa league game of the season, uh, away at Zurich Zurich who last time I checked were the, they were the bottom of the Swiss league. They hadn't won a game. I think they've drawn two How and many? lost the rest. I think it's like 10 teams in the league. I think five, five. I, I think they had, I think they drew two and lost three. There's 10 teams in their league. I think, um, but but bottom, I mean, I mean that's that's pretty poor, right? Um, uh, so we've got them away on Thursday. We've said, you know, before leading up to this Man United game, and I think we, you know, uh, based on the selection at Man United, I think we can sort of comfortably sort of say that Arteta has not been rotating. He's not been rotating anyone thus far, and it felt it's felt that he's almost going to use the Europa League for that opportunity. So I mean, Mice, what do you see? Do you see the Europa League? Do you see this game against Zurich as being? The proper B team, if you like, like you know, literally minus all the regular starters. Uh
1: Well, I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll rest every single current starter. To be honest. Okay. Um, what do you, so, what's your team? What do you think the team I bought? I haven't, I haven't do... actually thought of the team. To be fair, well, what might it might be? Okay. But okay, so I'm expecting him to rotate ramps. So I'm going Turner in goal, Cedric right back, holding. And I think he might bring Ben White in as the other centre back, but that means two right-footed centre backs. I'm not sure, but we've only got one left-footed centre back, so can he really risk Gabriel in this game? Um, so I'll go
0: White holding. Tinny, okay, that's interesting. So you're not, saying so you don't think Tommy Yasu will start? Yeah, surely
2: he has to play.
1: But I don't know. Doesn't, what, doesn't Tommy Does Yasu he, have, does with he have to play? And then what, what's Cedric in the squad for?
2: Well, I'm I mean, he's i that, that he, question for like three years, man. But- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I mean and there's an yeah. argument for Tommy but I'm just a bit worried that I uh, no I'm sorry I'm not no, I'm worried I'm I'm conscious that he might not want to I mean there's no like Cedric it's not like bringing in a uh, a Tavares for example you know what you're going to get with him he's pretty solid dependable um and I think Tommy Asser's got plenty of, plenty of Premier League minutes to come this season so but yeah I could see Tommy Asser starting as well but okay I'm going to go with Cedric though Central midfield. Think I think maybe no... you'll
2: play. Um, do you think you might play Tommy Asset at centre back then?
0: Oh,
2: if not. he plays Tommy, uh, maybe
0: I don't. I, for the same reason that Mai said, I, I do think there'll be some players who will just Who will play as well. And Ben White seems to be a pretty fit guy, ben, exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know he was injured at the back end of last season, but yeah, I think his fitness record is pretty good. So I think, I think he'll play Xhaka in central okay. midfield because I think for obvious reasons, oh, we, don't,
0: we don't have anyone else, we
1: don't have anyone else. Um, Who's he going to play in central midfield alongside him? I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? You play La Conga and Xhaka. What if one of them gets injured? You're f- fucked, basically. Well, the alternative um,
0: formation from last season, you know, do you remember when Arteta was trying 4 3 3 a bit? And hmm. um, and there are a couple of times where, um, is that your brother who's just turned up? Hello. Yes, it is. Family affair today. Tottenham fan. Family affair, Tottenham <laughs> fan. Tune in right for the end, for, just for the Europa chat. Um, <laughs> so um yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh, yeah you, you would know about these problems sav right now but fair enough <laughs> um yeah like so uh because do you, do you remember like there was a period last season where we were sort of trialing 433 three, where actually we started playing people like odegaard and, and esr in those kind of yeah, deeper yeah. positions so, like mm. i wonder if it could be something like that with a Vieira playing in the middle with a maybe yeah you know, i know viera and uh uh smith, I don't know, smith or
1: or or something it. like that yeah yeah, yeah yeah possibly so yeah this what i mean i haven't i haven't really given it too much thought yet but i'm sort of cut, yeah on the spot um i could that could potentially be it yeah, i'm i'm really concerned slash not really sure how he's going to approach central midfield because once you go past lakonga in the squad who else it like is is aziz in the squad yeah he's gone on loan to ibiza
0: mate
1: oh yeah of course yeah. he has oh yeah remember, yeah
0: yeah party boy um we don't so, we yeah. don't really do mostly because the other yeah exactly because all of our like real prospects in central midfield have been loaned out you know patino's gone etc um mm. so it is it is pretty light from that you know in that it way listen i think you know so, look we're not going to be able to play a b team every thursday right you know actually that you know most teams don't do you, know, you, you do get to rotate but you don't play a full b team and it's just that something you know our players are going to have to learn and our players are going to have to get used to playing two games a week sometimes, and it might just be a case because of the five sub rule. Brilliant! It might just be that against Everton that some of the players who who play minutes on Thursday just don't play a full game. Maybe you know, maybe it's as simple as that, right?
2: So yeah, know. I I agree. I think I think we'll we'll probably be a bit surprised who plays. I think maybe Martinelli might play. Well, I think yeah. I think you, you're
1: not just happy, just head in hands if he plays like Saka or Marseille, Just thinking. Like, I, 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 I think I he'll think I think he he definitely
0: he, play one. I think he'll play one of them. Oh well, he has to because Smith Rose. He, he won't rest. So. He, exactly. He won't. Well, he oh, he well, we don't know that for sure, right? Smith Rose. I don't think that's been confirmed. No, we Rose. think he might be
2: injured. Yeah. Or well, if he is, then we wouldn't be surprised if he's injured. Yeah. Him. I think Jesus will get a rest. Ramsdale will get a rest. She, she has to get a rest. You've got to. I think the, Saka will know. probably get a rest. Everyone else. Maybe Zidane. He if he's with... not fit. Odegaard. If he's not fit. He might. Everyone else, I think, will play.
1: He might play Tierney because he, he brought Tierney on and played him further ahead of his and back didn't he? So maybe that'll be I'll be
2: being a bit to too football manager about it though, like yeah, in terms of, I, like, I know, don't know, think I, it'll be anywhere near as nuts as that.
0: Yeah. yeah what's oh. this guy starting shit in the comments? listen <laughs> listen. yeah we're having a nice chat about a
2: big game against zurich we're, yeah? we're discussing uh, the b team here with, like, <laughs> seriously these questions
1: these i love questions it man i love the good. interaction
0: from the fans my brother <laughs> <laughs> just to finish off what we're saying fine maybe we'll answer your question at the end of this pod but you've got to stay to the end to be fair we'll probably wrap up in a second um yeah like that team is a good shot team is a good chat. but you know what it's like right like it's not I, I, if you, if we can, comp- if we play a complete botch job of an 11, it doesn't matter if Zurich are bottom of the league, right? Surely it doesn't matter. They, if, they, if they've they got any clue as to what they're doing, I'm sure it'll be very tricky. I mean, this is not, we can't treat it like a pre season game, surely. I mean, is there, is there an argument to say we should go out, play a pretty strong team, and then, and then if we're winning 3 0, then like just take everyone off?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's what I'll do. I think you'll play a strong ish team. With obvious really? rotation where possible, yeah. So I think like Tomiesa will come in. I think Eddie will come in. Vieira yeah, will come but, in. Like the obvious yes. players who aren't who are on the bench will start, and then it will be everyone else who played on Sunday will just play on Thursday.
1: So I think? Saka, Martinelli. If,
2: unless they absolutely like justify being saliba, no, maybe. Yeah, He's got I think rem- Saliba's got probably rem- got, got, more rem- got more of a chance than. Um, Ben White or Gabriel from playing. That'll be really interesting if he goes that strong. I'll be surprised. I, I, surely he he surely he said to people like holding
0: you will play European.
1: Yeah, I mean this is why we've got the squad, right? I mean, I mean
2: yeah.
0: We don't have a massive
1: squad, but this is why you've got those squad players, surely everyone and, and, and turnaround time Thursday to Sunday. I know it's gonna be like that the whole season, but you, you want you want your you want fresh legs in the you know the the main players or the starting eleven, Premier League starting
0: eleven. So I don't know. What's your score prediction, guys, before we before we answer <laughs> Sab's question and then maybe call it a day?
1: Not a clue. Uh, 3-0 Arsenal. No, no, don't ask
0: me why. 3-0. On,
2: because now. we're better because we I'll
0: we're better go them. 2-0. Uh, well, I reckon, do you know, I think they'll score. So I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1 Arsenal.
1: Who's going to score for them, Raj.
0: Johnny Johnny Zurich, (laughs) Zurich Zurich. Zurich, Okay, got no idea. No, yeah, they're just gonna rock up, and
2: there's probably some random ex Arsenal Academy player or Tottenham Academy player that now plays for FC Zurich. There's gonna be some random Premier League household name. There always is. You rock up to these Europa teams, look at this squad, and then there's just some guy, some Brazilian, this like Premier League journeyman who's done his time and is now in Switzerland. Tax-free salary, uh just living life. my's yeah, gonna tell us now.
0: my's my's, my's check. Right, my's checking it. Let, right, we'll answer. We'll answer Sava's question. You know, in fairness, it's been a core group of people who have who've joined these live this live stream. So you know, we have to uh, honour and respect that by answering the question. So Sav's asked, who's finishing higher, Spurs or Arsenal? Arsenal. Aaron
2: says oh,
0: Arsenal, and Aaron... And- Quantify that. Where are Arsenal
2: finishing, or where Spurs? I was oh, like a serious. This is a serious discussion. Okay, this is a serious
0: discussion. Yeah. Um, on your feeling right now, from what everything you've seen, um, you know, there's one point I think in it between the two two teams. They're both right up there. What do you think?
2: I think even now, Spurs still have too much riding on Harry Kane, and to a certain extent, I know he's not playing well now, but son, and at some point maybe this is just hope rather than any logic he'll he'll get injured and they'll fade away well like, i don't yeah i i just they're not playing well yet and at some point and right now they're still relying on individual moments rather than team moments mm. and like my you know you probably said it earlier you're worried because you assume they'll get better right but they could get worse
1: <laughs> yeah so good right
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Might as well, do you reckon? Or do you want to go last? Because it's your brother. So oh, first, go on like, then. Yeah. So? Go for very right. much. I, um, Sav, what I... I'll stick to what I said at the beginning of the season, which I think is that I think Arsenal finish above Spurs, but I think that's because that's of the Champions League. I think that the Champions League is going to take a lot out of Spurs. I think Conte's got a massive, massive Champions League monkey on his back. Because his history is that he is rubbish in the Champions League. His record in the Champions League is terrible for a manager of his quality, and he is such high quality, by the way. Like I think he's so good. I think he he is the biggest draw at Spurs, B- bigger than Harry Kane, in my opinion. Right. I think, regardless of that, his record in the Champions League is awful. And I think he's gonna really focus on it. I think is Kane will focus on it. It's terrible. Honestly, look at it's really it's like bad. I don't know. That. It's surprisingly, it's surprisingly bad. Like I think, I don't think he's ever, I want to say he's never made a quarter final. It's, it's, yeah, right. really, and it's, it's stuff like, it's like, it's like, for example, his time at Juventus where he complained every year about the squad or something like this. He, he can it now at Spurs, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he made a basically yeah. when, but then when he left, when he left Juventus, they made two finals back to back. Yeah, like like it's really like the stat that it's compelling. It's really compelling. Anyway, anyway, point is I think he's gonna be really up for the Champions League. I think Kane is, because I think Kane knows he's got a much higher chance of winning the Champions League with Spurs than winning the league with Spurs. So I think he's gonna be so focused on Champions League games, son the same, right? I think that's gonna take a lot out. And I think when those games come up and you've got league games beforehand and afterwards, it's gonna take a lot. It's a lot easier playing FC fucking Zurich than you know a Champions League team right like and I, th- I think that could be it um to be honest and and also I think there still is like with, with with Tottenham you know they are still a team which relies on a lot of individual quality which they have they have like big individual quality at the top but I think yeah like an injury to Kane I think would be problematic um so that that's uh that's my thing um Mice yeah I'll make it short and
1: sweet uh I was actually leaning a little bit towards Spurs, but I think you guys have made some really valid points. So, yeah, I'm going to say us. I'm basing it on, I mean, like, we've seen the performances so far, right? And we've seen, we've talked about it so many times, what Hayes has added, what Zinchenko's added, the squad's looking more kind of complete. We have a way of playing. We seem to be dominating in matches, dominating the ball, creating chances. For all of these reasons, I think, unless there's like, a couple of really bad injuries obviously we've already got one or two but unless there's some really bad injuries um yeah I can see us like really smashing a few teams this season and 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 hopefully being a lot more consistent so I think in terms of top four I think that'll definitely help us get top four I I think we'll get top four and I think and I think that we, we I think I think we're I think we're a better team than Tottenham to be honest I think overall we're a better team than Tottenham I think we've got more goals around the team than Tottenham as well and a and uh, as and said, you know, I think Tottenham seems to be relying a little bit more on individual brilliance at the moment. And we're relying on our team playing well for us to win games. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Arsenal as well.
0: Very good. So, you know, Sav is going to come back to this, I'm sure, when Tottenham inevitably end up finishing above us uh, and throw this back in our face. But that's the question, Sav, and thank you for turning up and... uh tish eats now now tish has joined this he's an arsenal fan and he's come right at the end i don't know why he's turned up at i don't know 11 10 but um <laughs> one thing you want to know about tish he's a doctor and he cooks and he has an instagram page which is all about the the shit that he makes it looks amazing and uh yeah He'll that's definitely. tish eats so he doesn't just eat he cooks as well and what he's <laughs> saying is. January transfer market is key this season more than before a lot of games after January than usual um, you just need mate you've got to swap. <laughs> I mean honestly mate. rewrite this and send it back in mate it right?
1: is, is from Ilford to you you just need to
0: be around the top four and then strengthen the biggest mistake last year you just need to be around the top four. Why are you talking I thought he's an Arsenal? So you fan. just need right. to be around
2: the top four and then strengthen.
0: Oh, I, I mean, don't know. You I just know. as in you as in just as in a team in general, just needs to be around the top four. Is that yeah. what he's saying? Because he's saying yeah. you as if you're Arsenal, but he's also Arsenal. He's an Arsenal fan.
2: So anyway, all right. All right I um, think it's fairly self explanatory Don't yeah. i right, sorry. It's, 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 I need I, I, I need you to team translate class, East mate, London for me, class. basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, it's a good point, right? It's a good point listen like i don't know we're, we're, we're no. grammar not my strongest cheers man <laughs> listen while we're at while we're at it on that point january, this is important right like what do you guys think very, very reflecting very quickly on the fact that the window closed we didn't sign anyone boohoo um there's a school of thought which essentially says that a number of our targets are going to be in their last six months when we get to january and that puts us in an incredibly strong bargaining position in january do you see you know Again, more, more analysis into that. I think we've got ten. Six. So nine. there's six. Yeah, there's something like what is it? There's there's yeah, is it nine? So effectively, there's about I think seven Premier League games until the World Cup. I think it's and nine. Yeah, I could and be wrong. so yeah, I think you're right. Sorry. So I think there's seven until the World Cup and then two between the World Cup and the New Year. Oh, okay. So there's, I think there's nine that, in, surely. No, I there's not was, that many. There's not that many Premier League okay. games. No, so i think i think it's nine in total before january but i think the thing dissects it so I, I might be wrong right. but but there's two there's two in between the world cup and, and january basically point is um there's you know the school of thought saying that you know we think that our squad can manage through that period whatever and then january we are gonna try and get a couple of these um these targets in do you guys see
2: that happening um i think january will be a it will be different, whether like because of the World Cup. I don't know if that will be it's more active or, or less active, but I can see like if teams, loads of players come back and they're like injured, then it might force players into action. But maybe there are some players who get minutes in the World Cup who wouldn't normally get a game for their club and they actually think, actually, we could use this player now and um, it might change things. I don't know. I think it'll be, it's going to be one of those where we have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I don't. So I think I don't think we'll make the mistake. Arguably, the mistake we made last January, last time round, where we didn't strengthen. I think if we're, uh, everything points to us being in a top four race this season, and if we're there or thereabouts, which we should be, um, I I can fully see us. I can yeah, I can fully see us strengthening the squad and. There were obvious targets that we were going for it might not be the the kind of attacking player the rafinha type player that everyone wants us to sign because getting a play like that done in january is very difficult but doing a douglas louise type signing is much more um much more likely and i think uh you know it, you're going to have a lot of games post world cup post world cup fatigue we're going to have a lot we've got a lot of international players so a lot of players are going to come back tired and i think we're going to need a little bit of a Squad boost and a bit of a bolstering, especially in midfield. It looks like at the moment, um so I can definitely see us doing some business and um and yeah. And I think it's quite interesting, Rush, as you mentioned that we obviously we didn't sign anyone. And like the Douglas Suez one on deadline day was was it, it, for me that felt like we obviously had a a bit of a ceiling in terms of how much we wanted to spend on him. And it was kind of like I don't know. Do you do you guys think that you signed Douglas Suez you? Try and get top four. You know your your Europa League team or Europa League club. You try and get top four. If you get top four, is Douglas Suíz a Champions League player? So do you think they looked at it and thought point. like it's he really might help point. you get top four? But do you think they looked at it and thought, well, if we sign this guy and he might be, he might be, you know, good good player, solid player, but then we've, but yeah, what once it's we get a really good League, point.
2: we're holding it, on I, to him. A I bit. think they basically saw him as a uh, the new El yeah. for us not, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. the next the five year El which is the guy who's gonna come in, in the the cup games with a, a bit more of a higher ceiling because he can play regularly in the Premier League and do it. Still young, and still that, young. Yeah, he's still young can improve. But that squad midfielder for the next five years. And that's that's okay. You need a couple of those, right? Um Yeah. So so I, I think my actually it's it is kind of
0: exactly what you say. And more so I think they might look at it and kind of go, the more money we save, the more money we'd have to spend next summer. And if we have faith that this squad could make top four next summer, then we've got money in a Champions League market, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, because of what we've seen, I think what's really interesting is when you, look at, when you look at transfers, the value and the price of players is not commensurate as to whether these are Champions League players or not. So, for example, the top clubs are signing players for 30, 40, 50 million sometimes, right? And you have teams in the Europa League, Newcastle signing Isak or whatever, big, big, big money. Because ultimately, like some of these very top players, they only want to go to a few clubs. They Mm -hmm. only want to go to a few clubs, right? And so actually, sometimes it becomes difficult to get them because of their wages as well. So, you know, you have to bring the fees down, etc. So, you know, that twenty five million could go a could go a longer way, you know, if we if we're playing Champions League football. So I wonder if they factored that in and and maybe, you know, then if we qualify for the Champions League, it's a big summer where they kind of just go, right, bang, let's let's really throw our money in. Yeah. Do you know who do you know whose contract expires in the summer? Lionel, Arsenal, Lionel Messi. Gonna, you know, I was <laughs> sarcastically just gonna say that like, Messi. I don't think Messi's, you would. Messi's contract is up.
2: Can you play, Never uh, played in the Premier League.
0: London final Swan Song. <laughs> Come on, man. It makes sense. <laughs> well. It makes sense. You know, it makes sense. Um, all right. Listen, we have recorded for an hour and 20 minutes. This is one of our longest episodes, but it was worth it. It was it was so much fun. Um, really enjoyed Mate, doing
1: the comments and the questions were really good. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, interaction. So Thank you.
1: Normally it's just talking to you two, so yeah. <laughs>
0: Cheers, mate. Exactly, mate. What the hell? Bring back Nero. Um, Bring back Nero. Bring back Nero. Yeah, one of the Arseholics actually went to the United game. Nero. Oh, yeah, he
1: did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't heard from him since. Did he make it back? All right.
0: (laughs) Probably still there. We're still there on the massive bender (laughs) Um everyone, listen, like for those of you who are who are still here, like thanks a lot for joining us. Really appreciate your support. Um, in all seriousness, um, the people who have been commenting are the people who have basically been here since the start like family friends a lot of you guys so uh this is for you lot oh my god he's still talking <laughs> i've got All i've right. got to put it up okay right i've just i've skimmed to the last word is that is he trying to say <laughs> bellerin or, or that, what? That, yeah what I mean. so we could sign more players if we were good at offloading players for money we should be able to get at least 10 million for bo- oh he's saying bellerin is it, like, it okay be look yeah, yeah. this is yeah. a look we could i think do you know what Can we save that question? Because that is a real big question. Arsenal fans are so divided about that question. I personally am of the opposing opinion to to Tish. I actually really do feel that... um, that there are good reasons, there are good reasons why we end up not being able to get that much money for some of the players that we have got rid of in the past. And just quickly on Bellerin, I think partly that's because he's one of the highest-paid players at the club, and there's not that many clubs that would take him on those wages. And actually, when you and when you're a player and you only want to go to one country, it doesn't necessarily help. But I think that there is a topic in there that we should explore, right, um, around how good this, the the management team have been doing offloading players, because we should also take some, you know, we should accept maybe there is some criticism to be had chan catch you at the everton game mate i can't go this is the first home game i'm missing this season it's my wife's birthday and my father-in-law's birthday that day so we are we're having a little birthday thing but um you two boys will be there right my Aaron, and you'll be there
2: we will yes we will
0: so they will see you there um all right guys thank you thank you boys thank you everyone for um listening in and watching us Uh, it was great fun and uh listen let's bounce back with two wins this week that would be Awesome, wouldn't it? Indeed. See you See later. Everyone.
1: We should be winning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See you later, boys. See you later, guys. Bye. Take it easy. Bye, bye, bye.